Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. everybody it's your boy dylan at thunder chats and you are tuned in to another edition of the topic thunder podcast this is a very special edition we are joined by some very special guests of the thunder mentals podcast first we got across the pond the biggest darius basley fan he is staying up way too late to be a part of this podcast it is thomas snowden at okc uk what is up thomas how you doing dylan thank you for having me on i'm glad you mentioned the big Darius Baisley. I'm sure Brandon would love to talk about him a lot in this podcast, but no, thank you for having me on. There you go, man. Hey, and as you mentioned, you're not alone. You got your partner in crime here um, from the state of Oklahoma, Mr. At Mr. OKC Tober, I think is what it is. Uh, Brandon Dale. What is up, Brandon? Man, not a whole lot. I'm glad to be here. Actually, I feel like I need to do this disclaimer more often. I tried to do it Mr. October, so it's a little play on words there, but I know it can be mm-hmm. confusing because it's got the K in there in the middle. No, you're good. I, I just didn't want to say it, and then, like, people like OCT, you know, when, when, <laughs> when the people come flooding to your page after this podcast, I just want to make sure they know. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for having us on, man. Hey, for sure, man. You know, it's uh, – you know, we're, we're trying to – actually, next week we're going to have – another podcast coming on you know we're trying to bring in more podcasts you know just kind of build up the relationship because there's a lot of really good thunder pods out there so we want to make sure that everybody um you know sees where to get their content so you guys are the inaugural ones so uh we're excited to have you guys here fantastic we're both happy to be here mate all right guys well whenever we have somebody on uh we kind of have a whole background segment i'm sorry you're not special enough today we only get like one background question so Real quick, no, I'm just kidding. You guys are special. We just don't got a lot of time. So uh, I'm, I'm going to start with Thomas here at OKC UK. You know, Thomas, I've been on your podcast a few times. Just to kind of tell us how you got into Thunder basketball and uh, into podcasting and, you know, uh, starting your own website. Uh, get, getting into basketball is the same how a lot of people in this country get into it, and that's through 2K. Um, that's obviously not really a lot of basketball shown in this country obviously a lot of the tip-offs are like 1am it's got a lot better the last couple of years with sky sports getting the rights but it wasn't as good as what it was when i got into it i only got into it about 2015 2016 um just playing 2k really enjoyed using okc uh enjoyed like just russell westbrook and I was like, you know what? I'll watch a game. Watch the game. It was uh, OKC against Orlando. Uh, Russ dropping a 40-point triple-double. It was the first game I ever watched. And I've just been hooked ever since. And then about two years ago, there's a really good uh, community here in the UK for basketball. There's a lot of different fan pages. Obviously, I, don't, I do the OKC one. And I just decided to give it a go. And it went really well from there. Didn't enjoy all the written stuff as much, uh, all the articles that I used to do. So I decided to go with the podcast. Uh, 
And yeah, I've just been smashing it or trying to smash it since then. Hey man, you've been killing, man. You, you you got a great product over there. You know, I've been on the podcast three times and this past one, whenever we talked about, whenever we did the Thunder player draft, um, the way you was able to navigate everybody, that was, that was a masterclass. So don't sell yourself short. And uh, Brandon, how'd you get roped into this, man? How, how did, how'd you come in contact with a man across the pond to talk Thunder basketball? So I'm glad you asked this because I feel like, I don't know if we've covered <laughs> this. On the pod. why it's a great story, and you you jump started my career in writing. Now I'm in school for journalism and all that fun stuff. So I actually I should send Tom a check when I make my first million. Um, there you go. No, so so last year during the lockdown, I'm gonna try to make this short, not too long. But um, I, I mean, I, I you know, like all of us, I didn't have a lot of stuff going on, sitting at home, kind of just doing whatever. Um, and for some reason, I decided to document the night of the Thunder Jazz game, March 11th. And I just went into kind of what was going on, my experience with it, kind of gave, a, you know, a first-person take on kind of inside what I was seeing and kind of just writing it down. Decided to turn it into a story. Um, I kind of hung on to it for a little bit, but I just remember one day I was scrolling through Twitter and I come across Tom's page. And it's like, hey, looking for someone to kind of help me with some writing stuff. Um, if you're interested, you know, send me a DM. Um, I sent him a DM about a month before I actually decided to do anything because I wasn't so like when you first start writing, you don't know if you're going to be any good or if anybody's going to care, or if anybody's going to want to read it. And so there's a lot of nerves there. And I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Um, you know, fast forward a little bit, still not a lot going on. So I'm sitting around at home and I'm like, you know what, what? You know, I don't have nothing to lose. So I just kind of cleaned it up, put it down, um, sent it over to him. He really enjoyed it, kind of gave me a little bit of, um, you know, self-esteem, I guess, so to speak, with just the whole writing process and kind of it was the first time where someone was like, hey, this is really good. Um, and I was like, all right, man, well, let's kind of, you know, get something started. And it kind of went off from there. Um started doing the pod and now um, I help out with thunderous intentions. I'm a, I'm a contributor over there with fan sided. And so a lot of my stuff I have to thank Tom for, because without it, you know, it kind of, it really helped me, you know, jumpstart this writing thing. So yeah, that's kind of how I got started off. So it's been, we've been together for about a year now, Tom and I, but yeah, it's cool, man, because people always want to know how I got hooked up with a guy from Manchester, England. So it's always a fun story to tell. Hey, for sure, man. And I, you know, it's awesome. You give him credit where it's due. Um, you know, ironically enough, uh, the man that just joined the podcast, Alex Roy gave me my first shot at writing on uh, his website. And, you know, we, I've, I've, I've been trying to dip my toe in anywhere that I can daily thunder. You know, we did some on thunderous attentions. I wrote for overtime heroics and, you know, still, still trying to spread out there and find new opportunities. So absolutely, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, Alex, uh, up, I don't man? know. I don't know if you got to meet them yet, but you know we got Brandon up here, and then we got Thomas down here joining us across the pond. Good to have you guys on, man. Yes, nice having me, mate. Nice it's a little bit. It's a little bit late over over the pond there, isn't it? It's about <laughs> one, two o'clock in the morning. Wow. Well, thank you very much for coming on, man. I hope you're a night owl. Trust me, mate. The last couple of years since I've been a fan, I've had to get used to it either way. So that's true. 
Very just get, just just getting the practice in for the season early. <laughs> right, there you go, man. Hey, and speaking of the season, beautiful transition. It's about to start. Our boy Presti just had his press conference this past Friday. You know, addressing uh, the team, the direction of the team, and everything that's about to transpire this season. So before we get into that, uh, we're going to transition to our favorite segment. It is the single large item. Single large item. All right, guys. So single large item. So if you guys don't know single large item, it is where we take one big thing, you know, shout out SVP, one big thing from whatever, a game, um, a subject, um, an instance, you know, whatever. And that's what we that's what we single out. That's our single large item. So uh, I'm going to start with our guest here talking about the Presty Prester. Um, let's go to Brandon first. Brandon, what is your single large item from the Presties press conference? I can pull it up real quick. Tom's going to love this one. Um, Sam Presti, quote, Darius Baisley is going into his third year and he's still just scratching the surface. Oof. I don't know about that. I don't know. I just feel like he – I feel like we've seen all we've seen, you know, all that we can see from Darius. Maybe, maybe Sam's on to something, but I just feel like I kind of want to move on from that and see what else we got going on uh, besides Baisley. I know that's not a, nobody really likes that take. Tom really hates it. So maybe that's why I pulled it out. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, I'm very skeptical on him. Not, I, I will be excited if uh, we see some different stuff from Baisley this year, especially on the defensive end. That's kind of where I'm worried. Man, Thomas is despondent down there, <laughs> facing his hands, very upset. Thomas, what do you got to say about that? I, d- I don't know what there is to say to him anymore. With the amount of times we've discussed it, I've had a, a five-minute rant on my own podcast discussing this. He's going in, a 20-year-old guy going into his third season. Uh, first season, second season, two completely different roles in the team. You criticise his defence. I think he's very underrated on defence. You've seen all summer that he's been with the shooting coaches over the summer. So I, I think, obviously, I am biased towards him. He is my, uh, my favourite player, but I am expecting a big improvement on the offensive end this season. What's a uh, what would you say is a successful season for for Basil? Like, let's say season comes to an end, you're like, "Whew, I'm glad we got this guy, and let's sign him to some sort of extension." Like, what would be a season that says, "Hey, this guy's on the right track"? It's 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 tough. It's tough to call when I'd say that Basley is kind of treated as like the scapegoat of the team. He kind of gets the most criticism on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, his defensive end work, I think, is very underrated. His offensive game does need some work. He is very much a confidence player. So I wouldn't wouldn't know what to say in terms of numbers, but in cer- terms of certain traits would be the kind of thing I'll be looking out for this year in terms of his confidence when he is shooting. And it's, it's, it's tough with Bayes. We saw a bit of attitude with him towards the end of the season with Coach Dagnall. Obviously, nobody knows how that conversation went. But, well, they, they, they said that it was a, f- a friendly exchange. Obviously, the fan base didn't see that way. But for, for me, in terms, to, to bluntly answer your question, Alex, is kind of just to see a lot of work on the offensive end and see that improvement that I believe he's capable of. Yep. 
And uh, Thomas, I'm, I'm gonna give you a break, you know, just because we had we, we threw like three questions at you right in a row. So we'll, we'll come back okay. to you, uh, Alex. What's your single large item from Presti's Presser? I mean, just I mean, I think the biggest theme from it was just the affirmation that this rebuild is gonna take time and that people need to be patient. You know, that's you know, he like you don't hear Presti sat like you don't see you don't hear Presti sigh too much in these press conferences. Um, but when that question came up again, you know, he, he let out a, a big sigh mm-hmm. right before he answered that question. It's basically, you know, the answer is basically from him is, look, we're not going to take shortcuts. <clears throat> there have been various teams throughout the history of the NBA and even recently that have tried to take shortcuts. You look at teams like Chicago right now. You look at teams like, you know, just, just the one that comes off the top of my head is Chicago right now where they paid so much money for guys like, DeMar DeRozan, um, you know, players like that, that are veteran players, they had money. And so, you know, they're, they're going for their shot, but in the end, their shot may not get them more than first round, possibly second round of the playoffs. And that's about it, you know? And so basically, you know, Sam Presti was saying, I don't want to necessarily do that to our team. I want to, you know, I want a team like the previous iteration of Thunder as consistently um, contending for a championship. You know, and even though we had some tough breaks, even though we, you know, even though we never reached our goal of winning a championship, sustainability was the one thing that you could say with that team where they were going to be in the thick of it um, usually every season. And so that's, you know, that's basically what he was saying a lot. And it's basically not a shot, but it was like a reminder to the fan base that, hey, this is going to take time. And we were spoiled our first our first run around. um, But this this is going to take a lot of time. So, one of the big me, things I got from it. Yeah, let me ask you this. You know, you used the Bulls as an, as an example, but, you know, for the folks at home that can't see, you're wearing a John Collins uh, jersey there. Um, yeah. What would, what would you say to the people that are that would use the Hawks as a counterexample? You know, they very spent true. money on veterans. They That's built around Trey Young, and they made it to Eastern Conference Finals. So, uh, yeah. you know, what, what would you say to somebody like me that says if Shea had a roster like Trey did and he was in the Eastern Conference that he could have won the Eastern Conference Finals? But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you, in all honesty, do you see the Hawks as a contender? Like they had to have a lot of things break their way for yeah. them to get to the point where they were at this season. So do you really think that they are a championship contending team? Not a year by year basis now. <laughs> no, exactly. Not a year by year basis. Cause next season, like, you know, we talk, you talk about the East and the four teams that are always mentioned in the East right now, as far as the season coming up season is, you know, Brooklyn, Philly, um, Milwaukee and um, who else? Who else? Miami, I guess. Miami, yeah, Miami. And so maybe Miami, Atlanta, you can kind of flip flop them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still got three very hard teams to get past. And so, you know, you need injuries, you need a, a crazy year, like a COVID year, like you had last year. Uh, but without those things, I think Atlanta struggles to get to the point where they were at last year. It's fair, man. You know, it's kind of sad considering we have a segment where we're going to fast forward the rebuild a little bit later. But, you know, it's, it's all right. We'll move past it. Uh, Thomas, what, what was your single large item from the press presser? Well, the two that I originally had in my head are the two that have been mentioned so far. About oh, Basley and about the rebuild and what he had to say. I, uh, just to quickly touch on what Alex said, I thought it was good to hear what Presty thought of the rebuild so far and obviously... Mm-hmm. The moments amongst a fan base of people not liking the rebuild, but 
the people who acknowledge the rebuild is good for the franchise. So I'm glad I'm glad he acknowledged it. He acknowledged that yeah, might he kind of did say like, yeah, it's not what the fans want to see, but we're not gonna skip corners. So you're either with us or get used to it pretty much. Um but I thought one really good thing that came out of Pressy's mouth was his words on Shy and saying how he had no limitations. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's that's not confirming that he's fully fit, uh, whether the issue is going to be reoccurring. But from the start of the season, to me, that says we're going to get Shy a full 30 to 35 minute games from him. Mm-hmm which is obviously hugely positive. He's our role player. He's going to have another uh, year to grow. And Presti went on and said himself how his mentality and his IQ is second to none in the season that he had last year. He didn't expect to grow as much as he did. So I, th- I think we'll get that from him again this year. Uh, again, numbers, you probably expect a a rise, all of our youngsters are another year older in the game, so let's wait, wait and see. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see a bit of shy this year. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important to note, again, for all the detractors, all the people that say that, you know, we was faking the, he was faking the injury, um, you know, Shea, who didn't get to participate and play for Team Canada and represent them in the, you know, in the Olympics, um, for him to, you know, be able to recover fully from that injury, that plantar fasciitis, which is a nasty nagging injury, um, is awesome. You know, you know, we, uh, I make no qualms about my feelings for Shea as a player, um, but you know, I, I'm just really excited to see him go out there and ball today, or this year. Almost said today, he's not playing today, guys. Sorry, um, but yeah, uh, you know, going going back to what you were saying, also about the rebuild and what Alex said. Um, Whenever Alex said Presty's side, I just I just thought of the SpongeBob meme, but like in reverse. It's like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, young man? No, reverse, not old man, because Presty's older than everybody. But yeah. Um, all right, guys. My my single large item for the Presty Presser is this quote right here. We have a significantly younger team. It's necessary for us to embrace that. This year for us, more than anything, is about getting a baseline for where we are at. That tells me that despite having Derek Favors, that tells me despite having Kendrick Williams, and yes, despite having our boy Mike Muscala on the team, uh, the team is going to prioritize development overall. Um, I I still think Derek Favors is going to start at the beginning of the season. I just do. Um, I I think that they're – they're going to actively be trying to get him out, but in order to do that, they're going to have to showcase him in some form or fashion. But by the end of the year, I expect us to be playing almost nothing but young guys, much like we did last year, but maybe even a more accelerated timeline because, you know, we have a lot of pieces that could be a part of this core in one shape or another. We got Shea, we got Dort, you know, like Thomas said about Baisley, everybody loves Poku. Uh, Teo, we got the rookies in Trey and JRE and Giddy. Like, we've got a lot of pieces that we kind of need to figure out. Ty Jerome, uh, Cohen will shoot me if I don't say Ty Jerome. You know, we've got a lot of pieces we got to figure out so we can figure out the baseline to see what moves that we need to make. So, that's definitely what I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, speaking of looking forward to the next item on our single large item agenda, as Alex is holding his finger up, what you got, Alex? 
So no, I mean, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna, you know, do like Presti quotables, um, like the the one that really got me uh, was the one where he said, "People celebrate the breakthroughs, but what really gets honored is the path." Mm. Um, and so, you know, Appreciate my gosh, that's deep. Number one, preaching, yeah. Uh, but number two, you know, that just kind of solidifies what he's talking about and where he wants to go with this um, as far as this being a this being a, a journey um, mm-hmm. and the path being the most important part of that journey. Yes, sir. It, it reminds me a lot of when he said, uh, you know, when when we make it back to the playoffs, we don't want it to be an appearance. We want it to be an arrival, you know, speaking all philosophical like that. Yeah. So. yeah love some philosophical presty he said Um, he said himself in the same press uh, in the first i can't speak it's too late the same press conference uh that obviously they're trying to do exactly what they did do five to ten years ago of building a team that's there to stay exactly what you just said he said it himself in that very same press conference Mm -hmm. oh go ahead brian my fault let me cut you off what did you guys think of him kind of bringing up the, you know, players have been hundred percent vaccinated at that. I, that I, for some reason, I thought that was super interesting. I haven't really heard too many other um, interviews where, you know, the owner kind of comes out and gives up that info. I mean, it's out there, but just for him to kind of, you know, kind of bring that up. How do you think, do you think there is like a tactic behind that or is just kind of putting it out on front street to let fans and everybody know kind of where he stands with that since there is kind of some stuff going on around the league. I think the, ta- the tactic is that any trade for Kyrie Irving or for Andrew Wiggins is probably out the window. <laughs> or Jonathan Isaac. Or Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, or Jonathan Isaac, exactly. with me i I think it's definitely more like a lead by example kind of thing you know because these players are definitely role models to not only kids but grown men i mean you know look look at us you know talking about them you know in our in our free time um you know they're they're definitely you know people that we kind of look forward to you know for inspiration and all that stuff so if they're gonna do it you know it more like you know more likely Somebody else will do it. You know, don't go on Thunder Facebook though. You'll you you won't feel the same way. Okay, no. But yeah, but yeah, no. I I, I that that was a really good point about everybody being vaccinated. You know, much to Alex's point that you know, especially with the whole media circus going around with Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins now, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar is throwing his two cents out there. So yeah, I, I'm glad that we just nipped it in the bud. You know. And, and, and we're good for the season. We don't got to worry about any contact or anything like that. So good on like, you. Guys. I, I want to say this, like that Rolling Stones article was, it was an eye opener because like, look, if you don't want to get the vaccine because of, Hey, I want to make sure that this vaccine has been through, you know, a couple years of, of production before I actually get it. I understand that a hundred percent, but when you start bringing up things like, you know, supercomputers for Satan and things like that. Like, I know he's a flat earther to begin with, but my word, like, wow. Like, talk about going off the deep end a little bit. That was just crazy. That was just crazy to me. Man. Yeah, that's, that's Kyrie for you, man. He's got, you know, he, he's, I'm not getting it. I know that's Kyrie. Kyrie, but it's like, <laughs> it's it's like, it's like he, he's in the hole, but he keeps on digging. And he gets yeah. deeper. Like it's just like, wow, man! Like you're just out there. Like you just well, he he enjoys digging in the hole. He'll 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 scoop a thing of dirt out. He'll be like, hey guys, look, look, look what I just that's did. True. <laughs> so, I just thought it was funny. 
Yeah, no, you're good. Um, well, hey, let's let's look forward. Let's stop talking about what's going on now. Let's talking. Uh, See, hey, Thomas, it's early. My kids just went to bed, and I can't even talk, so I don't want to hear it. Uh, but no, let's let's talk about what's uh, going on forward. So we got training camp starting literally tomorrow. Very excited. Media day starts tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna start with Thomas because I started with Brandon last time. Thomas, what is the single large item, the thing that you are looking forward to learning for media day? Or not media day, training camp. God, I, I am terrible right it now. Is, it is media day, though. Yes, that too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have a, a look at the physique of Poku. Uh, yeah. obviously, obviously, I'm pretty sure Pressy said himself that his physique was something that they were looking into over the summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to see if he's put a bit of timber on. Uh, same with Tio Maladon, actually. I'm just going to throw his name out there as well. So the two second years coming back, I'm excited to see the physiques of both of them, see how they're looking. Obviously, Tio actually did look as the season went on, like he did get a bit bigger, especially mm-hmm. his arms. So I'm, I'm excited to see those two. Poku, I think, is going to be a bit, going to be in for a bit of a shock with the fans this year, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting a big some- jump. Putting some timber on them, man. I like that. Yeah. I'm I don't to... know. Is, is, is that British? Is it? Is that a uh, British saying? <laughs> I'm gonna have to take that. That's that's awesome. Uh, Alex, what is your single large item for? Um, you know what you're looking forward to learning from training camp and or media day. Um, I mean, just the big thing is is Shay's health. You know, that's pretty much the big thing. And I know, I know, Preston said he was full go. Um, as far as his availability, uh, but just kind of finding out when he got to that point, because, you know, early in the summer, he still wasn't there because he couldn't compete with Canada um, for, you know, for the Olympics. So I'm um, just looking to see how he has progressed from that. Um, and then also, you know, just like Thomas said, like looking, looking at as far as this team, a bunch of young guys seeing how they have progressed and developed over the summer, as far as, you know, muscle watch as far as body wise, you know, because, you know, one of the things when it comes to Shay is if Shay's going to become a, if he's going to go from 23 points to 27 points, more than likely that's going to come from the free throw line. And so the way he gets to that point is by driving to the hole, absorbing contact, going to the free throw line. Um, And so you have to have a body, you have to have muscle put on to where you can do that 82 games out of the season. And so, you know, just wanting to see, how those players have progressed, how Poku has progressed, how, you know, Baisley has progressed, how Giddy has progressed. You know, he came in one of the skinniest guys in the draft, and, you know, we've seen a couple pictures where he's pumping iron a little bit. So, you know, just look to see that. And as far as preseason, as far as training camp goes, it's kind of seeing how rotation solidifies, you know, kind of asking the, asking the coach, you know, what he foresees as far as a lineup out there, which he's not going to give us much now because, of course, you know, training camp hasn't even started. Um, but I'm pretty sure he has something in mind as far as what he wants to see out there. Alex with the quadruple large item there. Hey, man. Go big or go home. Uh, there you go. Uh, Brandon, what's your single large item uh, for what you're looking forward to at training camp and or Put, media day? Putting some putting some timber on it. Yeah. I love that saying. I think all of us, <laughs> when you said that, we were like, whoa, like, that's cool. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Um Man, it's it's got to be a toss up between I want to I felt like I got, uh, you know, I didn't get enough giddy this summer. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see 
Um, you know, it was cut short, that quick little turn of the ankle. Um, I want to hear updates on him, how he's doing, what kind of we can expect. I just want to kind of see what his role is going to be, you know, whether it's going to be kind of him and Shea going back and forth, um, switching off ball handling, or if they're going to try to maybe throw him on the wing. Um, I just want to know what that looks like heading forward. And there's also a part of me that I really do. Um, I know I was kind of being a hater earlier about Bays, but I really, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing his, um, what his development's looking like, because it really does feel like he's got all this potential and, you know, that sophomore slump stuff is real. You know, you go back, look at his numbers and all that. It's, you know, he doubled his attempts from his rookie year and kind of the same percentage uh, with his shot. So I feel like, you know, maybe this could be the jump for him, but I want to see what he's been working on. If he's been working on the three ball, um, you know, just kind of updates, but really I'm more uh, focused on, you know, Giddy and what that looks like. I'm excited for him, man. Really stoked for Josh Giddy. So. If you haven't seen enough of Giddy, you obviously are too old and not on TikTok, I'm guessing. <laughs> I do not have TikTok. I really, yeah. Uh, Giddy will make you download TikTok, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is good. <laughs> no, hey, hey, Thomas, you want me to clip all that, uh, you know, that those positive things he said about Bayes when he sent it to you? <laughs> I got you. Shit, got you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, my single large item for what I'm looking forward to training camp slash media day. Um, you guys took all the good ones, so I'm not I'm not really stoked about it. I, 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 I'll go back to kind of what Alex was talking about in one of his many points. Um, just how the rotation is going to shake out, you know, because we all kind of have an idea. You know, we talked about what we think our starting lineups would be next or last week. Um, you know, Shea endured to given. Um, you, you know, like I said, I think Favors is going to start off the season. And then, you know, you have that Poku, Baisley, Giddy trio it's like and there's two forward spots left so like you know who's the odd man out who's coming off the bench i think you can make a legitimate case for any of them to play in any of those spots or be the sixth man off the bench so uh, I, i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens you know knowing dagnall it's going to be uh freaking kenrich williams and ty jerome starting alongside shea dort and favors and you know he brings giddy poku and basically off the bench, and we just get super weird with it. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, kind of a semblance of what the rotation is going to shake out like, um, you know, by the end of training camp. So looking forward to that. Um, guys, as we conclude the single large item, um, we had a little bit of news break this week. It's Channel 4 News at 6 o'clock. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Um, you know, there was some things going around on the timeline about some certain star players from some blue boy colleges, um, a Carl Anthony Towns from the University of Kentucky and a Zion Williamson from uh, University of Duke, Duke University. I'm, I'm not quite sure on that. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have been on Twitter at all this week, you've seen multiple photoshops of Zion and Cat and Thunder jerseys, um, some of them provided by yours truly. Um, I just I just want to kind of touch on it with you guys. Um, let's go to let's go back to Brandon first. Brandon, what uh what was your thoughts on all of this? Um, did did the wheel start turning on the possibilities or are these guys you want to stay away from? What, what what you thinking? I'm pretty intrigued by Zion and OKC. I feel like that could be like a second coming of like 
not as big as Durant and Westbrook, but that that like people that don't really follow the sport would even be like, oh, Zion, I know who that is. And it would just kind of spark a little bit of more, you know, some excitement in Oklahoma City. Like right now, it's funny if you talk to people that watch the Thunder coming up and they're like, at the most frequent thing I hear is, I don't even know if I could name five players off of our roster. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, maybe some excitement from that point of view. And plus, I love Zion. Um, I feel like he, you know, is kind of getting an unfair shake over there in New Orleans, kind of reading some stuff about their organization. Um, but the Minnesota thing, man, is very confusing. I got um, someone super close to me that has, has some inside stuff going on with the the Timberwolves, and he he does some writing and stuff for him. And he kind of – he hollered at me a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, you know – don't bring up anything or say anything, but there's going to be a huge shakeup in the front office um, or something like that. And I didn't think about Gerson Rosas being, uh, you know, getting relieved, but um, that seems like, it just seems like they don't really know where they're going or what kind of direction they want to do. And I feel like if you do that with your star player, you're just kind of asking for, um, you know, you're asking for it. And I don't know, maybe Cat does ask to be traded, who knows, but him and OKC, that would be – him and Shea, that would be very interesting, I feel like. That would be a really cool combo now that I think about it. Hmm. All right. You just think about it. We'll, we'll come back to you at the end of the conversation and, see, and, and, and get your final answer there. Um, uh, Alex, what, what was your thoughts on the whole Zion Cat thing? And are, do you prefer either one of those in OKC? So I've always been a proponent for Cat in OKC because he would work. He's probably the best center in the league um, to work with Shea, to work along Shea. You know, you talked about how well he looked with Al Horford last year. You know, you you switch Al Horford with Carl Anthony Towns and it just goes up another level. Um, you know, Cat has his deficiencies defensively. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing with players in Minnesota. They usually, you know, Minnesota's a weird run organization. Um, And so, you know, sometimes players need to get out of those types of environment, a Minnesota, Sacramento, you know, something like that to maybe get into a place that's more stable. Um, And so I think if you bring Cat into Oklahoma City, which has a very stable front office, um, has a very stable ownership group, um, I I do think that it's – it brings out the best in a player. With all that said, looking at the Zion and Cat thing and then hearing what Presty said at his press conference yesterday or a couple of days ago, I don't think the two ideas mix right now. Um, if I were to look at this at any time, you know, if we strike out in this next upcoming draft, which has two um, high-quality big men in Chet Holmgren and, and Paolo Banquero, if we strike out there, I think you try to revisit maybe going after Cat or maybe even Zion if he's available Um, because we have a ton of first-round picks. We can't use them on players. We have to get something for them. Um, And so you maybe visit it then. But as far as doing it right now, I don't think you're going to see it right now. But I would love Cat and OKC. Yeah, and I I agree with you there. I mean, I I don't think that you would see anything immediately because, I mean, if you go back in the past at players that, you know, kind of issue, you you look at Trey Young, you look at Devin Booker, you know, there's those initial grumblings, and then you know it's put up or shut up for the front office. The front office either does makes the moves to you know try to please the superstar, put a team around them to succeed, 
and, and which, you know, to their credit, the Hawks and the Suns both did. And, you know, that that's kind of Zion uh, and Cat challenging them. Now, Cat, it feels like Cat's been challenging them for years and they've just been fumbling the bag about it. But, you know, this is kind of Zion throwing down the gauntlet, um, you know, for David Griffin, you know, kind of step up and, you know, start worrying more about, you know, putting pieces around him instead of playing the piano for him. So, yeah, it's it, it it's going to be interesting. Uh, Thomas, what, what what'd you think about the situation? I, I agree with everything you said, uh, especially Alex. I'm with Alex on a lot of things that he said. Um, obviously, you don't say no to either of them, but I am also more of a cat guy. I think the most important thing with cat, that if he was possible and we did get him, he fits exactly what Presti wants, and that's the timeline that is always being mentioned amongst the fan base and the head office. The, the timeline would fit perfect. They're not too dissimilar in ages, maybe a couple of years between them. Um, I just, obviously, the, fun, the one thing I'll say about it, the Thunder fan base love the news of a player being unsettled or some sort of murmurs. I remember last year, I, I was getting fairly excited about the prospect of John Collins being available. I'm a big John Collins guy. Obviously, as Alex is wearing there. Um, but no, I'd, I'd def- definitely prefer Cat. Defensive game needs some work, but I'd, I'd have Cat over Zion quite easily, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, I think everybody knows where my loyalty lies in this one. <clears throat> um, but just kind of touching on what Alex was saying about, you know, just swapping out Cat with Horford and that production for Shea. Um, last year, Cat shot 38.7% on 6.3 attempts from three. Uh, the year prior, 41% on 7.9 attempts. And the year prior, 40% on 4.6 attempts, 42.1% and three and a half attempts the year prior. So um, you, you bring that kind of volume shooting to Shea and the pick and pop. I mean, Cat's a seven footer. He's extremely athletic. You know, he can bang in the pick and roll. Um, you know, you have guys like Dort out there. Uh, Dort might be one of the best defenders Cat's got to play with. You know, Cat, I, I'm, I'm not telling you Cat's any kind of elite defender, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, defense isn't just a one person game. Like, you need to have team effort. And I think, you know, not only just Dort, you know, Kenny Hustle, guys like that, but Dagnall, who has a good defensive scheme, who, you know, who knows how to play defense. I think. You couple all that, I'm not going to say Cat's going to be an all-defensive team big, but I think that he could, you know, see an improvement because he was better defense at Kentucky. Um, You know, more of like a weak side shot blocker, you know, never much of like a post defender or anything like that. But um, I, I think there is, you know, to, to touch on a term that we have already used, he's just scratching the surface there. So, yeah. Uh, going back to Brandon. Brandon, after all this, uh, how, how are you feeling about it? Cat or Zion? I'm going cat. I'm glad that we uh, went around the room for a second. But seriously, because um, and for all the points that have been mentioned, like once Alex brought up the the Al Horford Shea stuff, you know, I start just picturing everything and how that looked last year. Um, you can argue. I can't remember what uh, Al's three point percentage was, but I mean, I, I like cat. I think in that position a little bit better, um, just because of the age and stuff like that rather than, you know, Al. So I think it would be kind of like a, a tiny upgrade from Al, but definitely more productivity. And, you know, we already mentioned him being seven feet. So that would actually be super cool if you have a lineup of Shea, Dort, um, 
try to figure out what we got going on three and four and you got cat in there cat and poku do some twin tower stuff yeah there's a lot going on i like i like the cat move that would be awesome hopefully he asks out and we can do that yeah that that's the key right there um for perspective horford shot 36.8 on five and a half attempts last year so still respectable but you know cats you know like i said a little bit of a jump a little bit more um volume a little bit higher percentage um you know with that being said like you know I, it's been known since draft time. Like I haven't prefer, preferred Zion as a player, um, but I would be extremely thrilled with Zion as well. Uh, the only thing I just have more questions about Zion. You know, I know that he has this ridiculous efficiency around the rim, but that's just it. That's what he does. It's around the rim um, until he can add a reliable shot um, until he can knock down from the free throw line consistently. Cause he's going to be getting hacked Um and honestly, until he loses a little bit more weight, I know he's done a lot of you know work in that area and he probably is going to continue to do so, but we've never seen a guy move like he moves, jumps like he jumps at his size um, in the NBA. And I just don't know if he's, if his body's going to be able to keep up with him. So um, like I said, I'd be happy with Zion. If he came, I'd be really excited. I, I will convince myself whoever is on this team is going to you know be the reason that we win a championship, but I have more questions about Zion. Um, anybody got anything to add on the Zion cat situation before we move on here? Not me. All right. Lovely, wonderful, and brilliant. We are moving on to maybe our final segment, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here. So it's the segment we've been doing the past couple of weeks. Um, we've had a lot of fun doing it. It is our this or that. What if the choice is yours? You can get with this, or you can get with that. Time, space, reality. It's more than a linear path. a prism of endless possibility where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities creating alternate worlds from the ones you know I am the watcher I am your guide through these vast new realities follow me and ponder the question, what if? All right, guys. So this or that, what if, Thunder Edition. Now, the basis of this is I'm going to give you two scenarios in Thunder history. We're going to take a trip back to the timeline, alternate timeline here, um, variant Thunder players, all that. You know, if you've watched Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know what I'm talking about. If not, just go with it. You'll understand. Um, I'm going to give you guys two different scenarios we're going to talk through it and at the end of it we're going to determine which one you know uh how many championships each one brings and we're going to try to see who wins the most championships so uh pull back the curtain the past couple weeks we did the tyson chandler trade versus we win the finals of 2012 um you know which one brings more rings and i think in that one we did the if you win the finals in 2012 and then last week, me and Alex actually talked about if you never change your 
if you never trade James Harden versus if you trade James Harden for a pick that is either Bradley Bill or Clay Thompson. And I think we included David Lee in that trade too, because Clay Thompson was like pick 11, Bradley Bill is pick three. So we, we figured it was fair compensation for a player of James Harden's caliber for David Lee and pick 11. So, and, and that, that one out, just if you were guessing at home, David Lee, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, Kevin Durant, probably going to win more championships than, you know, the other team. So, uh, but this week you've all been kept in the dark. I showed Alex a few weeks ago. I don't know if he remembers or not. No. All right. This week, <laughs> what if <laughs> is the Russ Pat Bev situation never happened versus 2014-15? Anthony Davis doesn't make the game winner in the regular season, thus resulting in the Thunder making the playoffs as a very dangerous and healthy eight seed. So, walk this back. We'll talk through it. First, we're going to revisit the one that um, probably one of the, I'd say like top three that come to Thunder fans' mind and what if is the Russ Pat Bev injury. Um, you know, obviously, you've been living in a rock or you, you've been living inside of a rock if you don't know what happened. Um, Pat Bev they might believe. be living, they might be living in Iraq. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Or they could be living under a rock like Patrick Starr. Yeah, there you <laughs> yes. go. Um, but no, um, so Pat Bev was guarding Russ in the West or in the West Conference playoffs, uh, first round. Um, the whistle blew and Pat Bev lunged at the ball in which he collided directly into Russ's knee. Russ was immediately in pain. He slammed the scorer's table as hard as he could. I believe he came back in and actually finished the game and played well, but it was determined after that that he would not be returning for the playoffs. Uh what was it? A torn ACL? What was it? Meniscus. Meniscus tear. Okay, yeah. I'm really bad at what the injuries are. And what's important and what's like pivotal about this injury is it was one of the first ones in Russell's career. Going back to high school, Russell was known as the Iron Man who hadn't missed a single game until freaking Pat Bev did this, and it started a string of injuries. So, at after I've teed this up, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Alex here, just you know, just because we did this last week. He kind of knows how to um, pick up the ball after I've teed it up, kick off the ball after I teed it up. So, Alex, uh, what what's your thoughts on this scenario? So, I mean, the Thunder were the number one seed that year, I believe. Yep. You know, if 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 Russell doesn't go down in that first round, I think with the efficiency that that offense had. With Durant, with Kevin Martin, uh, with Serge Ibaka, you know, starting to become that floor spacing big um, that was starting to become a big time thing in the game at that at that point. Um, yeah, I think we win several championships. I mean, I definitely think we we go to the finals that year. Uh, whether we win it or not, I don't know because Miami was still tough. Um, but I, I definitely think that we are contending for a championship, making it to the finals. And we're probably doing that for multiple seasons after that. All right. So, so, so just right off the top, you're not taking us to win the finals, even if Russ is healthy throughout that series. No, I mean, the possibility is there. Like, Miami's still a tough opponent. Like, Miami was probably the toughest opponent, opponent that we would ever face um, during this whole stretch, even against Golden State. Um, I, I do think that Miami with that three-headed monster was going to be tough to beat anyways. Um, 
I, I do think it was going to be a series, and I do think we had a we had a chance to win, um, but I can't guarantee that we'd win. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Bra- Brandon, what's your thoughts on this, man? So when you're touching on the Iron Man stuff, like you really got to go back and think about like that version of Russell Westbrook was just unlike anything. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever, it'll be a while till I see something like that on the basketball court again. Um, That version of Russ, you got the team basically fully loaded is how I like to phrase it because, you know, you swap the Harden trade. We talked about this when we did our kind of reverse draft, how that team with Kevin Martin kind of, gets overlooked, but man, he produced and he was efficient. Um, so for me, that that year, that doesn't happen. We definitely are taking Miami to six, maybe seven. And I, I feel like Miami still could have edged us out, but it would have been ultra competitive. I loved that team that year. Um, and just that version of Russell Westbrook was my favorite uh, version of Russ in terms of stats you know, the hustle stuff, everything that he did um, on the court that isn't on the stat sheet, just his energy, everything that he brought. And once that was taken away from us, you could just, you could just tell, man, we were totally defeated after that. And it was just kind of like a, it was a turning point for his career because he had, he had to get it operated on, I think two more times after that. Um, And so that was, that's a huge what if, because, that right there was, I think you could argue that that's a, one of the biggest, eh, maybe not the biggest injury, but that and the Durant Jones fracture, man, that's the, some definite what ifs and, you know, looking at at least a title somewhere in there, but yeah, I'll never forget that. And that's also why we hate Pat Bev. So forever it is forever for Pat Bev. Uh, and I, I also think that, I also think that if we don't, um, You there? Yeah. yeah. So I also think that if we don't if we don't win the finals that year, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that we definitely fire Scott Brooks, and so we would bring in probably somebody that's more forward thinking, a lot more modern of a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do think that that changes things on that in that respect. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Thomas, what's your thoughts on this scenario, man? Well, that, that was going to be my first thought was. I thought on Scott Brooks, but I was also thinking like in terms of the MCU, like the first thing I thought of when you said this was like, what would the title of the episode be? And it'd be like, what if Patrick Beverly wasn't a insert whatever insult you want? Like just just think of the amount of views that yeah, we have get. the explicit like, tag. Say whatever you want, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to think of the most British thing that. All your viewers would just like, like I don't, I don't know. What if Patrick Beverly wasn't a bellend? Like that's 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 a, that's a good web, uh, a good what? insult. A bellend. Use it in a sentence. Patrick Beverly's a bellend. Fair enough. <laughs> I love it. I don't know how else you wanted that to go. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I feel like but, I've heard uh, you say slag before. Could we use that? Patrick Beverly's a slag. Is that one? Well, no, because, well, I mean, he could be, but that would mean that he sleeps with lots of women. Oh. I must have <laughs> I misunderstood that one, bro. So, 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 basically, so basically, Patrick Beverly is a male whore? He's a man whore. That's what, that's, that's what 
what it is, according to Brandon. Allegedly. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think the biggest thing out of that season before the injury was I think out that, damn seat. I think that was the start of MVP Russ going into his MVP prime, which I think was the biggest thing to come out of that season. Obviously, Pat Bev is Pat Bev. Stephen Adams killed him. We still got that. Yep. Um, we we I I think we would have gone on that year, especially finals, uh, conference or NBA. But I'm I'm with the guys. Whether we beat Miami, that's another thing. Yeah, I, I I think that I would go ahead and pick us to beat Miami because not only do we have you know the guys we mentioned, Russ Westbrook, Kevin Martin, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, uh, Perk still there, even though you know he's definitely lost a few steps by, at that point. But we also have a guard who actually proved pretty pivotal in the playoffs after Russ went down, and that was Reggie Jackson. And I feel like he, you know, a young Reggie Jackson really could have been an X factor in that in that Heat series that we didn't have in the finals. You know, we, we expected James Harden to be the X factor. You know, it was, like I remember I was posting on Instagram just stupid pictures. I was like, okay, Westbrook and Wade matchup, a Baca and Durant matchup. I mean, not Ibaka and Durant, LeBron and Durant matchup, Ibaka and Bosch matchup. Who checks Harden? Answer, no one. Uh, the answer was Miami strip clubs. Um, but assuming that Reggie Jackson doesn't fall into the same temptations as James Harden, uh, and then, of course, Kevin Martin, you know, who I've I've been a huge champion of. Like, he shot 42% from three on, like, five attempts a game that year. I think he averaged, like, 15 to 16 points. So, I think the combined efforts of Reggie Jackson, um, Kevin Martin, and even a guy like Jeremy Lamb with, you know, like, you know, not as much pressure, you know, going into that season. You know, a guy that we acquired also in the James Harden trade, you know, We've got all these X factors that I think could really push us over the hump in that year specifically. And, you know, as you get into the next year, it kind of comes back to, you know, Kevin Martin left us after that year, you know, in the, in the sacred timeline, uh, not so sacred to me, but um, in the sacred timeline, Kevin Martin left us that year. If we win the finals, I've got to think, you know, like we've talked about in a lot of these scenarios, I think ownership is going to be more motivated to, you know, pay over the tax to retain, you know, a championship level roster. So if we win the championship, I think that, you know, we go ahead and we resign Kevin Martin. I don't know what type of deal he wants to, but I think that we can retain that core of a team that Russell Westbrook, Kevin Martin, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson. And then, you know, you have the Stephen Adams pick, you throw Stephen Adams in that next year. Um, you know, you, you have uh, you pick up Andre Robertson after that, you know, you still have this core and you're still adding these young players that you get, you know, nothing changes there. I, I think you could go on a bit of a run. I think you could have a little bit of a mini dynasty here. Um, so here's a, here's a crazy what if. All right. What if, what if we win the championship and instead of going for a position of need, which center was, you know, whatever you look at, like, Kendrick Perkins versus Steven Adams. Uh, no, don't do it. Don't do Maybe it. Maybe this team says, hey, don't let's take a swing it. on this Greek kid that's all long and skinny, kind of looks like Durant, <laughs> and let's just go ahead and take a swing at him. Sheesh. Sorry, sorry to break y'all's hearts. You just had to sorry, do I'll, it. I'll go ahead. And, <laughs> you just had to I'll go it. ahead and I'll sign off now. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be awesome if we got you honest. Um, I, I don't know, man. I – 
my my thing with that is you never know if he's going to develop the same way in Oklahoma City in that type of team, if he's going to have the same motivations, you know, that same drive, you know, all those things in order to be the same player. Now, what we know from Giannis, he probably was, and I'm just trying to poo-poo the idea. But, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things you never know. But oh, let's just assume, you know, because one if at a time, Alex, come on now. <laughs> What if at a time, you know, we draft the players that we draft because, you know, those are the guys, the the picks that we acquire from the Harden trade. Uh, maybe you bring over Alex or bring us a little bit earlier and you get some shooting off the bench there. You know, yeah. you have a legitimate squad. So we haven't been doing, you know, like from that year to present day, how many rings? I think what we've, we've been doing to the, uh, to the Russell Westbrook year, right, Alex? Yeah. To the MVP year? Okay. So – yeah, because that, that was like the end of Durant's contract. So that's what we've been running over. So to the end of Durant's contract, that's the end of your dynasty. Um, the question is, how many rings do you think we win? So from the 2012-13 season to the 2015-16 season, uh, I'm going to say you win. I'm going to say you win two rings. All right, Alex says three. Holds up three of vehemently three. All right. Brandon, what you got? Uh, man, I'm, I think I'm with you. It's definitely two. Certainly two rings. Like the way we all know how the playoffs works, man. And some of that stuff that would work our way, just like it didn't work our way. But if you're looking back, um, definitely at the bare minimum, two rings for sure. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> all right, Thomas, what you got? Yeah, I'm thinking too as well. Obviously, if we're talking what if we're in a parallel universe here, so <laughs> there could be other super teams flying around that we don't yeah. know about, but you never yeah. know if it's a world of endless possibilities. But yeah. That's the, that's, the, that's, that's the thing with what if, kind of like how last week, you know, we we did the what if with – with uh, Sorry, we did the what if with Harden getting traded to Golden State to get Clay, Clay Thompson. Now, Clay Thompson was going to be a great player for us and blah, blah, blah. But the what if then becomes you put Harden and Curry on the same team with Draymond, that creates a whole nother problem team out there, you know? So that's the thing with what ifs is they usually generate other what ifs. It's the multi-playmaker era instead of the, you know, just – small ball shoot threes all over the place there. Uh-huh. Um, but no, yeah. And this one, I think, you know, you had the heat win, uh, the Spurs win. I think the heat win again. Um, no, it was, the, it was the heat, then the Spurs. And then you had the Cavs win and then you had the Warriors win. So, yeah, you know, I think, you know, we've already taken that one year or, you know, some of us have taken that very first year, uh-huh. you know, the heats win. Um, I think we take it from, think we take it from the spurs and then i think you know after lebron goes back to cleveland teams up with Kyrie and kevin love i think that they retain it that year and then i think the or no the warriors win that year and then the you know cleveland wins the year after so i think that stays the same but yeah i think we win too so alex uh which one do you think we uh what is the one you think we lose out on if you're picking three good talk (laughs) (laughs) no there he is uh, hmm. All right, he's lagging out. It's okay. Cool. 
Um, we'll, we'll just move on. Uh, so our next what if, you know, I think, so he said three, we said two. So quick math real quick. Nine divided by four. Let's get our average. 2.25. All right. We got to beat 2.25 in order for that to move on. If not, this is the winner of this year's, this week's what if. So this other one, it's a little bit vague. Like I said, Anthony Davis doesn't make the game winner against us in the regular season. For those of you who don't know, um, we was playing the Pelicans. It was a very close, tightly contested game. I am shook right now. There's two Alex's on the screen. My I thought I, I was going to see <laughs> What? I saw okay. that. Oh, well, that was wild. My fault. My fault. My system freaks out on me. No, you're good. Hey, hey real well, quick, though. What was the question? No, okay, my question was, you know, you picked three rings for that scenario. What is the team that uh, that actually ends up beating us there? So, like, the Heat win, the Spurs win, the Warriors win, then the Cavs win in that span. So, which team is not is the one that beats us? Uh, so, I think the Heat team was together for two more seasons after that. I think they're one of the teams that beat us. Um, I think the Heat with Ray Allen would have been a lot tougher than the Heat without Ray Allen, which we faced the heat without Ray Allen. So yeah. Um I, I think they're one of the teams that beat us. Um okay. and then I think I think maybe the Cleveland LeBron team, you know, that Kevin Love pre crazy Kyrie Irving. You know, I, I do think that, that that was a pretty good team also. Hey, we don't know how crazy he was back then. He was just being quiet. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> all right. All right. So moving on, you know, we're in the second scenario of what if so uh for those of you who don't remember Regular season, we was in a really tight matchup. I believe we were tied or down one inbound to Anthony Davis, who at this point, you know, a UK, I remember he hit a three, and the announcer goes, it's official, he could do everything. Um, but at this point in his rookie season, um, he hasn't been known as a shooter, um, but he takes the inbound straight away. Kevin Rant closing in on him, arms up, contesting the shot. I believe he banks the three as the buzzer goes off, winning the game. Now, that is famously what – Double fans... clutches, too. Yeah, yeah. And that was a hell of a shot. No, absolutely. It was, it was a phenomenal shot. And, you know, it, it kind of kick-started, you know, what we know of Anthony Davis now. Um, but, you know, that's what Thunder fans commonly refer to as the plagues of Egypt season. You know, Russell Westbrook was recovering from all those injuries – um, Kevin Durant was recovering from injuries. Serge Ibaka was covering from injuries. You know, we had so many injuries in this year. I think uh, that was actually the year that we signed Sebastian Telfair at some point. We signed yeah, North that's Cole had, at some uh, point. That's when we had um, shitty attitude Reggie Jackson at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Have Lance Thomas, Thunder legend yeah. Lance Thomas. Man, put he put up some fantasy on. numbers that year. I remember that. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. he, he was definitely an unsigned hero. Um, and, of course, Perry Jones, Jeremy Lamb. So, you know, so we had all these players. And at the end, I think it was Russell Westbrook, and then it was Serge Ibaka. And we were winning games there at the end. Um, you know, we made the trade. We traded Reggie Jackson. We brought back DJ Augustin, Kyle Singler, I think Steve Novak, and Ennis Cantor. Russell Westbrook and Cantor were just destroying people after the trade deadline. <laughs> we were surging. Uh, Ibaka came back. Uh, there was news that Kevin Durant was able to return once the playoffs started. If we made the playoffs, 
we did our part. We won our game, but the Pelicans did their part as well. I think they're the Hornets at that point, possibly. I don't know. Whoever it was, that New Orleans team, they won their game and they became the eight seed and they had the pleasure to get swept by the Warriors. So the question is, AD doesn't make that game winner. Obviously, we win that game. Uh, we're tied at the end of the season. You know, nothing changes at the end of the season. We both win our games, but we have the tiebreaker over them. So we make the playoffs in over them at the eighth seed to play the Warriors. <clears throat> we're healthy. We got Russell Westbrook. We've got KD. We've got Serge Ibaka, and we've got Ennis Cantor, who's on a freaking tear. Um, what are you guys thinking here? Uh, let's go to let's go to Thomas first. What you think, Thomas? I I don't know to be honest on this one. It's a it's a tricky one because it's I don't know with it. It was it was it was a weird season that year, mm-hmm. like a really weird season. I believe I believe from memory, I think this game happened maybe a couple of days to a week after I started supporting the team properly, or since the first time I watched it. So I I, I don't think at that point I quite understood how big the game was in terms of the playoffs and whatnot. I got you. Uh, and I remember at that time, like thinking Cantor was like amazing. And then obviously, fast forward a couple of years when I've built a knowledge, so I can realise what cancer's actually like. Um, in terms of the impact of it, if it didn't happen, you'd expect that team to go far, especially with Durant coming back, a healthy Westbrook, and the way the team was shaping up. My only what if from this situation was because of that happening to KD's head turn a year earlier. So that's kind of Mike, my, my what if back to you on that. I don't really, I'd, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. Um, some other players that was on the roster that I forgot to mention. Um, the legend, Mitch McGarry, the quickest gun in the West, Anthony Morrow, Mr. Thunder, Nick Collison, and I already, I already said somebody was a legend, but the absolute legend. It's going Kyle Singler. Dion Waiters. Oh. <laughs> Downhill Dion, baby. Um, Alex, what do you think about this scenario? Um, so I think, in, so he, here's, here's my thought on this is my thought is, I, I believe this was a year. This was the first year that Golden State won the championship. Correct. I believe yes. Yeah, because I believe that was one that mm-hmm. was one of the asterisks on that season with them was that OKC, which was supposed to be one of these big time contending teams, just faced a myriad of things like you mentioned earlier that kept them from being in, in the playoffs. Um if they would have been the eighth seed, um I do think that they that, that they probably would have won if they would have gone if they would have gone into the playoffs with Durant Westbrook. And basically everybody else healthy. Um, I do think that they would have won because, you know, that was the first time that Golden State had all that pressure put on them. That was the first time they were a, a number one seed. You know, that was, and so OKC would have come into this battle tested as opposed to Golden State, which came into this very green. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there would have been definitely a possibility of OKC uh, winning that series. And then, you know, advancing from there into the playoffs. Scariest potential eight seed of all time. <laughs> True, 100%. <laughs> Legitimately, yeah. That, that's what everybody's talking about on the talk shows, you know, as it was coming in, you know, the news that Abaka and Durant might be able to play if they were able to make it to the playoffs. Um, Brandon, what, what do you remember about this? What do you think about it? The only thing I don't like about it is you got – there's a lack of continuity with Durant coming back for the playoffs. I don't know how much that – I mean, Durant's the greatest player of all time, one of them. Um, so, at that point, who knows if that affects us. But one thing I will say is not having that home court advantage, especially at the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to throw that in there as a factor. It's very cool. So, I'm more like – I maybe think it's a Western Conference finals out, possibly. But that team, like you guys have mentioned, man, that that team's going to be giving Golden State a run for their money, uh, more so than any other team in the West at that point. Because we, you know, Golden State kind of jumped us when it, in terms of um, just going to the playoffs, you know, and kind of getting past rounds each year and always coming back the next year and – you know, if it's we're out of the first round, we make it to the second and so on and so forth. You know, Golden State kind of jumped us in terms of like they we were in line and they were kind of behind us. But then at that point, stuff kind of, you know, fell to the wayside and Golden State goes on that epic run. But I felt like we definitely had them in terms of um, just, you know, veterans, deep roster. That was a deep, deep roster that year. So. Um, I just think there's this couple of stuff that you run into just with the, you know, Durant played like 27 games or something that season. So, I mean, it would just, I think it would just be difficult from that standpoint. Yeah, it's definitely possible that, uh, you know, you know, guys like Durant and Ibaka, of course, would have to shake off a lot of rust. Um, yeah, no pun intended there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, like I said, Russ and Cantor specifically have been on just such a tear at that point. Um, Dion was really starting to find his stride there. And I, I, I kind of lean back to what Alex was saying, you know, you know, like I already said, like they were going to be one of the scariest eight seeds of all time. And, you know, the Warriors, like he said, were very green. We were polished. We've been there before, um, you know, much different scenarios, but it kind of reminds me of, you know, how the Grizzlies were to us whenever we were starting to get back into the playoffs and how, you know, we had to, you know, take down this grizzled veteran team that plays, you know, you know, mucky basketball, like a very different style of basketball than we wanted to play. And, you know, obviously we don't play that way, but we don't get up and down the court as much as the Warriors do either. So I think the differing styles, you know, the experience and, you know, just the skill overall, I think that, you know, it could really, you know, kind of push us over the edge. And just like you said, you know, we were, you know, that was one of our deepest teams that we had. Um, so I think that, you know, depth could ultimately win out. I think that it's po- very possible that the Warriors go up 2-0 easily. You know, as as um, I think as you mentioned it, Brandon, um, about, you know, them starting at Warrior, or at Golden State, you know, not having the home court advantage for us. Um, but, and as I mentioned about the rust, you know, that could definitely play a factor early on. But I think by the time you get back to Chesapeake Energy Arena, in front of that raucous fan base who have been through, you know, like we said, the plagues of Egypt. And, you know, they get to see all their guys, you know, competing in the playoffs. Um, I think that, you know, 
specifically Russell Westbrook's definitely going to feed off the energy, but I think that, you know, through Russell Westbrook, the rest of the team's going to feel that energy. And I think that it's going to carry out throughout the season or throughout the series. And I think that, you know, that's the series that we win. And if, you know, if we could be the number one seed, you know, we stole their seed. Um, so I think from that point, you know, you just kind of carry that on. And, you know, if you're talking about years after, because, you know, this isn't a, Oh, do we win one title? You know, that's boring. <laughs> like that's not what we're talking about. If you can kind of break golden States will early on, like, okay, maybe that didn't work. Maybe we need to try something else. They play a different style of basketball, or even if they try the same thing, we had them. We freaking had them in the bag. If we already have a ring, maybe Kevin Durant's more motivated to, I don't know, actually try after we're up three and one. Because as many people have mentioned, as uh, Ethan Sherwood Strauss mentioned in his article, Durant was looking Golden State's way long before we got to the playoffs. So maybe if we, you know, beat them in that series, maybe if we go on and get a ring that year, maybe we not looking, you know, he's not looking ahead to Golden State. He's focused on the moment. You know, he could be going to Golden State after that year. I don't care. But, you know, if he stays in the moment, we beat the Warriors, and then, you know, we go into the finals. And the Cavs have even said, I think, who was it? Um, Iguodala. Iguodala said, you know, if the Thunder would have beat us, they was going to beat the Cavs 100%. They were going to win the finals. So, you know, that's two rings back-to-back right there. If you win two rings back-to-back, like, you know, Durant, I know you wanted to go to Golden State, but at the same time, how can you leave a team that you just got back-to-back rings on? So, I think that could change everything. Uh, Thomas, what what are you thinking about the future prospects? Not just that year, but the future prospects. I I think with Durant in that series, that – like just to touch on what we're saying about the Golden State series, I'd, I think it'd be tough to go against Golden State in that series based on with what Brandon said, how KD played 27 games that season, a rusty KD, a rusty Abaka going up against a fully green Steph Curry, fully green Draymond, green Clay. I think, I think that would have been a tough series. Yeah, we had the depth to go with it. So I'm, I'm not, that's not me saying completely that we weren't going to win or we had no chance of winning. I just think it's a lot harder than maybe others are thinking. But in terms of the future, I think, as I said earlier, I think KD's head was already turned by that point. So how would KD have been if we knew that throughout the whole of his last season with us? Like, how would the fans react to him in that mindset, knowing that he's going elsewhere? So... And then from that, do we get the same KD? Um, obviously, you'd expect a fully committed KD. You'd expect a good season out of that. I think both, both years, you're probably looking at a very deep playoff run, but I don't think results in any rings. Man, all right. So Thomas going with the goose egg. All right, I like it. I respect it. I respect the boldness of it. Uh, Brandon, are you leaning? Uh, you leaning Thomas's way of zero or my way of two? Well, so I totally. I was thinking about something I said against with the Western Conference Finals, and I spaced out because I forgot that it would have been the eight-one matchup. And so, therefore, if we do take out Golden State, I'm pretty sure it could be a cakewalk from that aspect. Um, yeah, still the seed, man. Hmm, that's at least. Oof, man. 
I'm going to go one. I want to say two, but I'm going one. They definitely win that year, though. It just would have been super hard, but um, it just would have been – It's that's everything's downhill after you take out Golden State. That Cavs team would have been tricky, but that wasn't when the Cavs were um, – I think it was – I don't remember. That, that was kind of the first time when they were still working out some stuff and they weren't as deep. I think – I can't remember what year the Cavs – was it 2017? Uh, I think they won. No, they Six, won 2015-16, yeah. Oh, okay. Because that was the year that, you know. Okay, so. It was like, oh, we need you, Kevin Durant. We just won 73 games, but we need you. Right. So. Yeah, all right. So, hey, going safe with one. I like it. Um, Alex had to leave, so it's obvious he was going to say five anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> that that doesn't work out. But, yeah. Um. I guess it's hard to grade this one because, you know, like I said, we've been going to the Russ Westbrook MVP year for the titles um, in this kind of bracket. And because it's closer, you know, it happened, um, you know, closer to the MVP year than the other one does. Um, I don't know. Let, let me ask you this, the, you know, final question on the what if. What would be more rewarding? What scenario is more rewarding to you? Um, so I'm going to go to Brandon here. Ooh. That's from like if I'm looking at it as like a from journalist standpoint, eight seed wins the finals. That's that's rewarding. Like that's so many storylines. That's adversity, injuries, um, coming back together as a team. That might have was that Donovan's first year, or am I thinking? Of, I believe. I believe so. No, no, it was the year after. I think yeah, that year is. Yeah, that was their excuse to fire Scott Brooks. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, so, well, that would have been cool too. First-year head coach wins. But, um, no, the storylines are compelling from the standpoint of I'd have to look up and go back years to see how far – maybe it was the the Warriors with Baron Davis that made it that far in the playoffs yeah, from the The We Believe Warriors. Uh-huh. That was a crazy team, but we're not going there. This is a Thunder podcast. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one I'm going with, though, for sure. All right, going narrative-driven. I like it. Thomas, yeah. what, do you, what do you think? Well, I don't like Brandon tonight, so I'm going the other way. Um, <laughs> do you I'm ever gonna... like Brandon? That's a good no, question. No, no. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to go the other way with uh, Westbrook and the Bellend, Pat, uh, Pat Bev. Um, like the Bellend. If that never happened, it sets up the dynasty earlier than the other one we're talking about. Could have had a couple more rings. We were well on our way to the ring that year. It plain and simple is that that doesn't happen. I believe it would have happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think lean your way. You know, just just for, for the Brody's sake. Um, in terms of his injury. Uh, you know, speaking of narrative, Brandon, I'd like to see how long Russell Westbrook. If that instance didn't happen, how long could Russell Westbrook go without missing a game? Ooh, that's a good question. Like, I mean, he already went like just like an unprecedented amount of games without missing one you know if if that horrific incident doesn't happen which you know as we know you know through you know uh, like Kevin Durant like you know he it wasn't his Achilles that had him out for the playoffs but you know trying to come back on a not fully healed other injury resulted in another injury so you know if you come back from other injuries you know it's going to result in the other injury so if he never had that original one you know, how long would it take? 
man, at that point, Russell was, that was the, you know, that dude is going hundred miles an hour to the rim. And then like, to your point, you get that first injury and you have some problems with it. You're going to pile up the injuries, you know, later on. So that, man, that was my favorite. Those are my favorite Westbrook years. I think I was at that game too. When Bev ran into, that was a home game. I think it was like game two or something. Yeah, I don't remember like exactly, but just the crowd and just we were just like staring at him, like what? Because he'd already they blew the whistle. I mean, yeah. he was walking over to the side. Oof. Yeah. Rough man. It, it, all, all my homies hate Pat Bev. That's all I gotta say about it. So, all right, guys. Uh, well, that's. Did you say slack? <laughs> that's You're the welcome. word. Of the, the key word for the podcast. The word of the day, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, that that will conclude our what a segment. Um, I've held y'all a little long, so I'm not gonna run another segment. Um, I, I just want to say, appreciate you guys coming on, Thomas specifically. Appreciate you staying up late. You know, across the pond. You know, what what time is it now? Like two o'clock in the morning. Twenty to three. So don't 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 worry about that. Honestly, I'm super chuffed to be asked to come on with you guys. I know Brandon is as well. Yes. Uh, since, since I've joined Twitter, I, I've looked up to you guys at Topic Funder, especially when I've started the podcast as well. So it means it means a lot to me personally. It means a lot to the, my own page and the stuff that I do. So thank you. Yep, absolutely, man. Appreciate it. And I'm going to give you guys a chance to plug your stuff. Um, Brandon, go, go ahead and start with you, man. Plug anything you want to plug. Um, check me out, Mr. October. That's at M-R-O-K-C. T-O-B-E-R. Uh, I always post my articles from Fansided on there, top of the page, pinned on there. Um, yeah, just look out for our podcast. We, we'll pick them back up when the season starts. But other than that, yeah, just give me a follow. Shoot me some DMs. We can talk basketball at any time of the day. Doesn't matter. There you go. And Thomas, go and plug your stuff, man. Yeah, so you, you can find my page at uh, underscore OKC UK with just in uh, UK, United Kingdom, not University of Kentucky. Oh, come uh, on now. That was unwarranted. <laughs> the proper UK. What a bell. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but you, you, you can find me there. Uh, there's no page for the podcast. I'm too lazy to run separate accounts. I've already got my own personal one, my uh, OKC one. Um, but yeah, I'll post all my... Uh, articles on there me podcasts go up on there I chat a lot of nonsense as most people do on social media just try and enjoy life enjoy the games there you go man and i endorse both of these as follows you know they're great guys um they're very insightful in the game and you know they've they got other interests as well you know brandon's a big cheese fan um so if you're into some cheese football and if you're into not american football Thomas is a big fan of that as well. So, uh, guys, once again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, listen to their podcast, the Fundamentals Podcast. It's a great podcast. They do great work over there. Every now and then I'm on there. I think, you know, we're going to be on there here in the near future. We're doing a little pod and pod action. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. And, um, yeah, guys, training camp starts tomorrow, media day. You know, it's been a long ride. You know, it was, it was a tough lottery, tough draft. Um, but we're it, it brought us all here, you know. It's 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 like the it's like Presty said, you know. People look at you know the end situation, but what's important is the path. 
and the path brought us here. So let's get it done. Um, so guys, uh, once again, we thank you all for listening. Uh, want you guys to have a great night. God bless. Wash your hands, wear a mask where you need to get vaccinated. If you have not poop when you freaking can. And as always, thunder up, thunder up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.